Howdy, friends. Listen, before we jump in, check this out. We've got some exciting news. As you know, Peter and I work for Bottle Rocket, and we would love for you to join our team. Listen, we're a work-from-wherever company, and we're self-managed vacation. Not to mention, you get to work with great people. Take, for example, Peter and I. It sounds great, right? So if you are ready to do the best work of your life, and join an extraordinary team. Hit the link in the show notes to see our current open positions and apply today. Welcome back to Liftoff. My name is Tony Dosa. And I am Peter Clayman. Now is the end of the year for us and... We are not introducing a guest today because we are introducing each other today. It's just going to be us, and we're going to be doing a bit of a retro on this season and a look forward into the next season. And really, what do we call those? Headwinds and tailwinds? Oh, uh, yeah, sometimes. <laughs> but for people who don't know what even a retro is, which is all good, it's a mechanism we use in our business with our clients, with our teams, to have some frank conversations about what went well, what didn't go so well, what we could improve on. It's a chance to uh, discuss everything without judgment and so that we can all jointly learn from it and share each other's perspectives. The difference here, of course, is that I will be judging you. Yeah, always. Yes, (laughs) <laughs> no, I, I'm kind of using the, uh, you know, the actual technical term retro kind of fast and loose here. But um, as we round this year out, this season out, I think it's good to look back and, um, well, I collected some stats and I'd love to share those with you, Peter. I'm, I'm curious. I haven't heard these with yet. With the audience. So. No, I know. Okay. I did this in, I did this in a silo, if you will. <laughs> See all these terms I'm throwing out. Um. By the way, if I sound extra sexy today, is that because I'm just getting over being sick? So As am I. Somehow Tony and I decided to get sick on the same two days. Yeah. The company just fell apart. <laughs> it wasn't COVID, though. Let's just be clear. Yeah. Neither of us had COVID. Okay, here we go. So this is the 33rd episode total since um, the launch of Liftoff. But in 2021, we did 22 episodes. Okay. 726 minutes, Peter. Really? 700 minutes? 20? 726 minutes? That's, wow. that's a little over 12 hours together uh, doing just this. And, and you still hate to... me just as much as the first <laughs> right. time you it's met ne- me. It has not changed. <laughs> and when I look at this, I'm looking at 12, a little, a little over 12 hours, um, and the people that we got to talk to, what, I, what, what it's really, you know, highlights for me is that we really do have a culture of curiosity here. And I'm glad that we have this sort of vehicle to, to kind of support that message. And in talking to these people, we don't work with a lot of, like I think a couple of them were clients, a couple of more coworkers, but for the most part, we don't work with these people. They're, we're just, we want to talk to them. We were curious about it. We want to pick their brains, you know, see how, how people operate and see how we might, um, gleam from what information we can extract from them and give to the listeners. And I think that it's very cool. You know? 
I'm, I, I'm having fun with it. I, so which guests stuck out to you the most? I mean, I was just thinking as you were talking about that, yeah. I, I've been able to learn, learn a lot more and I think more than anything, maybe a little bit more hopeful than I was when I started this journey with you. Like just a moderate amount more hopeful and a little bit more pragmatic, but hopeful with like back, the future of the world or, <laughs> or like you were nervous about doing a podcast. Of course I was nervous about doing a podcast and I still can't stand the way I sound when I hear myself, but I, I'm just accepted the fact that everybody hates the way they sound outside of that. I'm mm. more hopeful. I feel like we've had the chance to talk to a lot of people who have all impacted the world of business, the world, their community, their environment in different ways. But they are all so driven from so many different angles. Uh, yeah. To put that all together a little bit tighter, I feel like this has given me the opportunity to see how many various levels of motivation people could have and how that materializes in things that as a consumer you might interact with or never know you were interacting with. Like I'm thinking about mm. that farming startup we talked to. Yeah. Like, you're never going to know that your lettuce was grown there, but if you get curious and you want to go look back, there's a lot to unpack there. And just for reference, that was Eddie Badrina. Yeah, that was a cool episode. I have to say, I loved all of it, right? Like, and it's and it's hard to pick like one or a handful that, you know, were uniquely impactful on a personal level. But honestly, I got to go with David Kidder. I have to go with David Kidder too. Oh, really? I'm glad you said it. <gasps> oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, New York Times bestselling author of the uh, the intellectual devotional um, and the startup playbook. I, whenever I reflect on the year, to me, that was a standout that I, I mentioned to people. If, if they're new to liftoff, you know, and, and want to get involved or family or friends ask about it, I say, you know what, tune into that first and listen to the rest if you're jiving with it because I think it's a great, I think it's a great introduction into how we think, how we ask questions, and he's so insightful and just, uh, was a joy to talk to and uh, really changed my mindset on a few things. Yeah. And I also think like part of the attraction for David in particular was, you know, our, our definition maybe of celebrity has changed a little bit. Like mm. how many people know Elon Musk today? He is like now become yeah. the new celebrity of all, right? Yeah. Billionaires are our new celebrities. And I think sometimes we forget where, that those individuals were normal individuals for the most part, unless they're multi-generational wealth, but mm. you know, you don't really hear much about multi-generational wealth in that context. David can give us a little bit of a perspective of that individual from a cognitive psychology basis that we never see. Cause all we see today is what their PR firm wants us to see. Yeah. Let me mention this 150 countries. I say that a lot though. So that's not new news for you, but this is a cool stat. Five, get this, Peter, 5,655 cities. I want huh. that to, I'm so humbled by that and, and flattered. And I have so much, I have so much gratitude for the people tuning in. That's a lot of cities. It's a lot of cities. 
I can't name five. <laughs> and we're almost certain that there's no chance that more than 15 of them are our mom. That's right. Just, our respective mothers. Just yes. traveling. Because my mother is quite the jet setter. Just travels, <laughs> opens up the podcast app platform just to get that city in there. Now, another stat for you. Peter, you only mentioned climate change in China 1,700 times. <laughs> I couldn't even finish the sentence without laughing. 1,700 times? Yeah, I'm not surprised 1700 by that times. number. 1,700 times, yeah. Um, in, in 22 episodes. So you did the machine learning and it yeah. pulled out the text I went there? ahead and wrote an algorithm for it real quick. That's part of my, uh, one of my. So what was this, climate change in China? Yeah, those are your piggies. Those are your hot Seems buttons about right, right. There. Yeah. They are hot, my hot. Well, here's why. It's like it's the it's the great power conflict of our century that has deep implications to every business. Yeah. Or it they're both honestly great power conflicts of our century. And one of them we just don't understand or openly acknowledge the existence of it as much. But that's changing, hopefully. Hopefully. What are your hot button things? Oh, well, you mean like what is something I could talk about ad nauseum? No, I mean, obviously, hopefully you had 1,700 mentions of two keywords, or am I the only one who just strategically goes on rants? Yeah, I think that's probably the case. <laughs> Tony stepped away, but I have to tell all of our listeners something in, in particular. So Tony recently bought a house, and he's going through and designing the house to his desires. And he bought a bunch of frames and he spray painted all the frames, the same color on the wall. And it's been like that for like four months. And every time I'm on a call with Tony, I keep thinking, when is he going to fill those frames in with some pictures? Because obviously who just spray paints a bunch of frames on their wall and never puts pictures in them. I found out a week ago that he never intends to put pictures in there. He just wanted some texture. So either this is like way over my head and I just don't get the design aesthetic or it's not actually a design aesthetic. We'll see. It, it looks pretty cool, but it looks like it needs a picture in each of those picture frames. Small things that you couldn't tell because you're listening, but if you could see, you'll see. It's either nice or it's eccentric as hell. Were you talking? Okay. No. Now then. Did you move this year or last year? I left Dallas last year. Um, moved into the new house this year. Okay, cool. So we've, we've had some major stuff happen. I moved into the new Definitely. house. Yeah. Um, so let's just do a little lightning round on each other real quick. Okay. Okay. Professional highs. What was, a, what was a professional high for you this year? So complicated to answer that question because I feel like this year I struggled to disintermediate anything pre-pandemic from post-pandemic, if that makes sense, right? Like everything is post-March of 2020. Yeah. Uh, What's interesting I is that you've already broken the lightning round rule. Yeah. Which is one word, of course. We're very stringent when it comes to the rules with the guests. Okay, so. okay. I got it. I got it. I, I, okay. I'm, I'm going to do something totally unexpected. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to say, 
I have to explain it. I'm going to break the lightning round rule. It's fine. I, you know what? You're you're a co-host, so we can forget. I can get away with it. Sure. So I sit here. I sit in my office every single day. I love working remote. It's like my favorite thing in the world. I enjoy getting to meet colleagues on a quarterly basis just because I'm a strong proponent of remote work doesn't mean that I don't acknowledge that there is an importance behind physical relationships, but it doesn't sure. mean you have to spend all the capital on real estate. Sure. I really enjoy, there's like a window that looks out on the street from my office. And I have gotten to sit in this chair for a year now and look out that window every day. So it's perspective. I enjoy being at a mm. firm in a place in a time in my life in the cultural environment of the world that this is possible. I mean, I two years ago, if you were to ask me if this was possible to sit and look out, I would I would have never thought it would be. It's a huge professional. It totally changes my perspective on the nature of work. It's interesting you say that. Well, first of all, I agree. What about yours? Yeah. I agree fully with that. I love working from home, especially with two little-ish ones. You know, stuff comes up, and you got to bounce. And luckily, we work for an organization that understands that that's a thing and that, you know, <laughs> trusts you that you're still going to execute and be a top performer, even with life. Because that's, that's, that's reality, right? Anyway, what you said highlighted in my mind was there are three words to me that have been revelatory this year. And again, like let's just say post-March 2020. Cool. Perspective, which is what you said. Context and perception. Okay. And I think I'm, I'm if, curious. if we can all understand and operate with those three things in mind i think i think we'd all be a lot better off perspective context and perception and i think really all three of those just kind of point to um being an empathetic person and i do find you empathetic peter even if you don't think that you are i appreciate that yeah oh absolutely. I got a new OS update, and they introduced a new empathy feature. So, did they? <laughs> I didn't get that. <laughs> well, to answer for myself, a professional high this year in one word: growth. If I had to say one word, and I'm not going to unpack it, I am going to follow the rules. Okay, follow the rules. I mean, and I think it probably has more manifestations than you're even prepared to admit. Great. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So looking back on your year outside of work. Yeah. What would you say one of the most memorable experiences was? I mean, just because I'm a bit of a softy, really. And it's top of mind. Like yesterday, my daughter had a Christmas concert. And she, you know, she's very, she'll go from super cold to super hot at the turn of a dime. She's a bit of a diva, you know. Uh, she is her father's daughter. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> and um, Monday, when we found out about the thing and we asked about her, her concert, and she's four, mind you, she was crying because she was scared. She didn't want to do it. When she got home, she told us all about it. 
And it was like, oh, no, here we go. This is going to be a nightmare. She's very picky about what she eats, what she wears, all the things. Okay, you get it. Two, from Monday, okay, so Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to Thursday night, there we are. She gets dressed up. She gets her hair did. She's wearing a headband for more than 10 seconds, which is a huge accomplishment in and of itself. Fancy shoes, the whole nine. Gets up there, belts louder than anybody else. Knows all the words, all the things, four years old. I was so proud. Let me tell you, um, it was a moment for me. And my son was sitting right next to me, who's five, and he couldn't be more proud. And it was a real, it was a real high, personally, this year. Okay. Yeah, so what about you? I know that wasn't one word, but you, that, can't, that, that couldn't be yeah, one yeah. word. That couldn't be. I guess, what, what am I going to say, children? Okay, there's my one word, children. Children. Well, it's interesting because I was going to say the same thing. I sort of my children, I, your, your children. Yeah, the oddest answer of all. Uh, I've uh, I think the biggest personal achievement. So I, I learned how to walk. Oh, which sounds very interesting. But um, went on a big backpacking trip this summer. Of course, we got like 45, 50 pound packs doing mm. four days backcountry. And on the way in, it was like eight miles and 5,000 feet of vertical gain. It was it was a slog. Wow. And I kept stopping all the time. Chris and I were both trying to take breaks and all this other kind of stuff. It get, kept getting harder and harder and harder. Our pace got slower and slower and slower. One of my friends we went with, he was like, look, the key to walking is not stopping. It's like, what? How could that be? He's like, just walk slower when you need to stop. Oh no, kidding! I it, literally it 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 has been life changing. Like we used to go on an hour long hike, we'd break twice. There are times now we might walk for four hours, and we just stop because we have to get water and food out of the backpacks and get back going and walk again. Wow, I would say that that might be a metaphor for life. I you know I was just thinking it was, which leads me, Tony, to ask you. Mm. What is the greatest lesson you have learned this year? Okay. Well, greatest lesson I learned is that I guess this is actually very revealing. Uh, I haven't I haven't told anybody but family about this, but I guess the the greatest lesson would be that your actions catch up with you because I recently, I mean, this was two days ago now was was diagnosed pre-diabetic. So I have to change my life. I have to turn it around. Really? Yeah. And so we're, we're making a major uh, life change. And uh, that would be probably the biggest lesson is that I, I have to, well, I mean, it, look, you, someone could convince me it's not, but be a little less selfish. So like pre-diabetic, does that mean if you change your diet and your lifestyle, yeah. you could not become diabetic? Correct. And diabetes and I got a little, is one of those things little, that like, like once you have liver it, you can't on. get it. It takes a lot of work, right? Like either way, it's going to take a lot of work. But like a little fatty liver going on, a little pre-diabetic diabetes going on. So got to make some big life changes. And, you know, obviously here we are at the end of the year going into 2022 and, uh, you know, that was obviously a huge, huge lesson, a huge thing. I'm sure you can do it. I'm not worried oh, about I it. Oh, I know I can. I know I can. 
I ju- we yeah. just finished converting our garage to a gym. You should get a personal trainer. I gotta, I gotta get somebody to teach me how to walk. <laughs> gotta get someone to teach you how to walk. Accountability is super important. Okay, so that was that was a hot take right there. That's a that's that, I didn't hot I, off I the didn't press. even know that. No, yeah, nobody, I, I nobody, had no idea. Nobody outside of family, but now five thousand six hundred fifty five cities. Do. Yeah. No, so I mean, I may, maybe maybe it'll help me uh, stay accountable. Who knows? What about you? What is your greatest? Uh, Revelation was that the was that the was that the ask lesson like lesson. general lesson okay. okay there we go you've known me for a while now for a long time I've been really interested in how remote work could change the world because mm-hmm. I truly believe that like a lot of the challenges we face inequities we face are for a wide variety of historical reasons as well as a lack of opportunity in certain areas right if you live in a city that has declining population. It's a crazy stat I heard yesterday. If you live in a city that had declining population before COVID, it's highly unlikely that property prices increased in that city during COVID. Okay. Okay. So go imagine any Rust Belt town or any other town that had shrinking population. However, the population of small cities who had previously had increasing population, think Austin, Boise, any of your cool... Western ski towns, Crested Butte, you know, Denver, where I live, all that, or other areas that kind of Asheville, they saw massive property price appreciation during the pandemic. So I think one of the biggest lessons that I have learned is that there's a huge emphasis on career progression in Americratic environment, right? Like I think I've had to come to terms with how much the meritocracy has influenced my perception of what is valuable in the world. And now in this world where I can sit and look out the window that I live at now, you know, we fly for business trips, all that thing's cool. That's great. No problem. But I've started to live like a fundamentally different life than I ever thought. I thought that my life had to be in a city or a suburb to be impactful. And like for all practical purposes, I live in a village. And yet I can still work a tech job, meet people from all over the world, talk to cool guests every single day, and I can have a local community as well. It, it, it's tremendous. It's like my perception of the world has gotten so much broader, and it also has created a lot of – it's going to create a lot of trouble in so much as it creates opportunities, mm. right? So here in Colorado, all of these ski towns – every hourly worker is getting priced out of living. There's literally towns that are allowing vans to park in retail parking lots overnight to allow for housing because people have to live in vans because they cannot afford to rent an apartment in these because there's not much capacity and it's all been bought up. So it's got some like weird negative ramifications, Mm. but it also in the long term is going to be like the largest demographic shift we've seen since the 1950s with the advent of the suburb. Yeah. Which is cool. It, it feels cool to be in a moment where you know that things are forever going to be different, but you're not entirely sure how. Well, by the way, in that little diatribe you had, you said another one of those three words, perception. <laughs> I'm telling you, those three words, it's everything. Okay. Um, so our generation, it's interesting how much we have really gone through, and every generation goes through a tremendous amount of things. However, I really feel like, my goodness has this generation been through the ringer well we're not even done 
we're not done. And I want to call you and I out as a little bit different than the Zoomers. Uh-huh. And by the way, for all you that don't know, Gen Z is now calling themselves Zoomers. Yeah. I didn't know that either. Yeah. But you and I grew up when it was not common in high school to have a cell phone. Oh, I, I did not. I think I'm a little bit ahead of you. So we, we didn't have them. Yeah. And you, and like, I think I was like 10th grade or something, but it, it, yeah. And even then it was like a flip phone, right? Yeah. My, my dad had, um, a company car and it had the phone that was in the middle console. And that was like the first, what have you thing. And we were all like, what the heck would you need a phone in your car for? Like you're Do you on remember the way when home? your parents printed out MapQuest oh, and they course. tried to get somewhere and they literally read the pages of MapQuest? Yes. Yeah, my first phone was senior year. Yeah. And I wow. don't I, I'm not trying to be verbose, but that was a huge change. That was a gigantic change to be raised from birth with interactive technology. Like kids these days, you go to you. I don't know. You have kids, so I don't know. Yeah. But I see a lot of kids on iPads. Seems to oh, yeah. be like a key parenting tool. Oh, yeah. Good God, yeah. <laughs> That's I mean, crazy. I mean, like, we are raising technology literate children from birth today. And they, the discoverability of interaction is so fast. Like, they get it. It's amazing. It really is quite amazing. My goodness, that is a whole episode in and of itself, which we might have to do next year, which speaking of next year, I really hope that we can get some really great people on. We can even expand the reach even more. Um, Again, so much gratitude and thanks for all of the listeners and all of the guests that we've had. Obviously, huge gratitude to Bottle Rocket and Ogilvy Experience and Ogilvy and all the rest. Jana, our producer, course absolutely does a bang also let's job. be true to ourselves and say if there's any listeners out there who want to share some feedback including highly negative feedback we'd really encourage you to do that you can email us you can leave it in the comments it's really impactful for us yeah it's quite a one-way medium yeah so if you can make it more two-way it'd be great yeah hey just bring it also laura burner a great help with the podcast as well also uh, let us not forget to mention Stephanie Guest, also a great help with the podcast as well at Bottle Rocket here. So some shout outs there. And you know what? And Peter, shout out to you. Thank you. What a great year. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Uh, I do appreciate the opportunity to be on this with you. Maybe next year I'll have different buzzwords, but I highly doubt it. No, there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. <laughs> and that's a wrap for the year. Expect the newest episode of 2022 in January sometime. (laughs) Isn't that prescriptive? Thanks, everybody. Bye, y'all.